Hi, I'm Richard Sefton and this is my podcast State of Mind with Richard Sefton. Sometimes it helps us to vent, to talk, to get things off our chest and that can be to a friend, a neighbour, a family member, a stranger, a pet, even to ourselves. It just helps to get that internal narrative out of our heads, out of our brains, into the outside where we can see it, listen to it, view it differently. Um, For that, we could do with somebody to listen. And in this case, that's me. So sit down, chill out, relax, put your feet up and listen to this podcast. And hopefully you can see the benefit of having a good old natter. My guest today is a newsreader, broadcaster, journalist and reality TV star. I watched her in Celebrity Big Brother and loved how direct she was. Watching her on programmes across the years, it's quite evident to me that this person is a fighter and not scared to hold a controversial viewpoint. And I want to understand a little more, so I'm very pleased to welcome India Willoughby. Hello India, how are you? Hi Richard, thank you so much for inviting me on. You've just been telling me how hot it is where you are today and you've had to shut the window etc so I have this picture in my head of you just sitting there casually in your boxer shorts and socks <laughs> chatting away that's no the image I'm gonna hold on to no socks but I no have socks. to hold up my top so, <laughs> so I'm almost topless <laughs> it's not a pretty Great. sight after lockdown <laughs> oh dear how's lockdown been for you how's the last year been yeah I you know what it hasn't bothered me too much um you know I'm, I'm quite happy with my own company mm. anyway um i've missed you know the, the the social side of things like most people have and not seeing family and friends mm. um but it hasn't been too traumatic i know some people who are really gregarious and, and we all know these type of individuals they can't survive without a group yeah. around them and i think for for that type of individual it's been really tough mm. So where have you spent most of your time then? In London or Yeah, for the for the big for the big blocks of lockdown, um I've actually come back up north to mm. Newcastle. Just purely for practical reasons, uh really. You know, I have family around here, uh family who live on their own, so obviously if something happened it's it's much better be, me being close um than down in London. And where I live in London in, in Hampstead <laughs> in um, mm-hmm. North London, which is very posh. Um, they have this weird rule. They have this re- weird bylaw. It's so posh. They don't actually allow supermarkets. Really? In Hampstead because wow. it lowers the tone. So actually get, getting food, etc. cetera, um, you're reliant solely on, on booking deliveries, which as you can imagine in London, mm-hmm. You could you could put an order in and be be three weeks waiting on something, and they turn up and there's just a skeleton sat in a chair. That, <laughs> the, the, the one <laughs> the, the one concession they do make in Hampstead, they have a tiny Tesco Metro, hmm. which is, you know, I've been in newsagent shops that are bigger, to be honest. <laughs> so so that, that you can buy tins of beans, Heinz tomato soup etc but long term you know the sort of lockdowns we've having i need an aldi or a morrison's or an asda mm-hmm. nearby yeah we've got nice a nice big aldi <laughs> a nice big tesco asda we've got it all here move to north wales great <laughs> I suppose you've got it all where you are though. yeah i love wales by the way it's fantastic we yeah, used to go cool. on holiday in wales love it really um where, whereabouts are you from cumbria aren't you yeah so you used to come down to north wales or yeah, no, North Wales. Um, and the other thing interesting, I've always felt an affinity with Wales because 
growing up in Carlisle, uh, which is near Penrith, yeah. a lot of people, when, when you go around the country, they say, well, where are you from? And say, oh, well, I'm from Carlisle. And they say, oh, oh yes, in Wales. <laughs> Isn't that near Penrith? And they, all, they always use Penrith. It, obviously, it sounds Welsh for yeah. some reason, but there we go. Yeah, one of my favourite places is called Penmon, which isn't a million miles away from Penrith. <laughs> but it is actually, geographically, oh, but um, verbally, no, yeah. it's not. Um, I used to work at a pub in Hampstead. Um, it was either called the King William or the King Edward. Oh, King William. King William. I used it's to a great pub. They have a rich, rich history. Yeah, fantastic. And they have a an, an oyster stall. Uh, sorry, not an oyster stall. They have um, French uh, can it. Yes, they had that when I worked there years yeah, ago. Yeah, like crepes and stuff like crepes that. Crepes outside that the guy makes. But it's a great pub, the King, King William the... Is it the fifth, King William the fifth? Do you know they what? Have... You've just really... You've just evoked the memory that was long <laughs> gone. I, I, I've just proper pictured the place in my head. Lots I, of it... live music. Yeah. And if I can make the picture for, for everyone listening, Hampstead is, as I say, it's a bit hoity-toity, but it's nice with it. It's not like super posh but it's it's there's a there are a lot of people in the entertainment industry or film industry that live in Hampstead and when you go mm. in this pub all, all the locals are on the wall all the local people that live in Hampstead and frequented the King William so you have George Michael you have Richard Burton Elizabeth Taylor I could go on for ages um Ricky Gervais is there um all, all these famous people it's wall to wall but it's a lovely pub it's it's like a proper boozer isn't it mm -hmm. people go in and it's not like people politely clinking glasses it's a proper pub yeah i worked in two pubs at the same time so it was a bit of a busy time it's back when i was probably 20 21 mm. and it was just it was uh twin towers time when was that 2001 yeah we're so talking 20 years ago just giving away my age actually no so I, been, I must have been 19 then you must have been younger i must have been 19 because i'm yeah, I'm on this side of 40. Just, mm. <laughs> just that's about to change this year. Right. So what was your childhood like then? Uh, my childhood was perfectly normal. I had a happy childhood, no stress or trauma or anything. Um, great family. Um, didn't have any really issues, except for the one thing, ob which is fairly obvious mm -hmm. about me, which, um, you know, I, I, I can't remember not knowing actually oh, really? so yeah so i so i always um knew but it never it never freaked me out as a kid hmm. so much that it caused me immense distress not not you know there were there were the odd day or two but i think in my situation it's almost like being stockholm you know if people know what stockholm syndrome yeah. is where when that that basically means if you're taken prisoner by someone you learn to love the prisoner and if somebody said something bad about the prisoner, you would defect because you're you're just in that space all the time. And that's where it's a bit like growing up trans because you know inside who you are. But certainly in the time that I was growing up, you know, the 70s was, was mainly my childhood. Um, if you'd have let you anyone really know that you were you were trans, you would have been carted off, and Did you, know you, what you would have been left out. No, I didn't know. I just was there anyone was in really, the media. Or? Honestly, there was nobody. But it was really easy. It, honestly, it was so easy for me, Richard, in terms of getting my head around it. Um, I was just a girl, and I knew that from day one. It wasn't something that I thought about or contemplated or should I choose. It was just me, but you, 
because of how society is, and I knew that everyone expected me to abhor, you think, all oh, right, I better buckle down and and try and be um, this person. Um, and you can make a stab at it. You know, you can have a go. But that thing in your head, who you actually are, it doesn't change. It would be the same as any woman being born, any girl taking them at three and saying, right, we're going to bring you up as a boy. Mm-hmm. They, they, could, they could do it. They could do all the performance things. They could think, but they're going to eventually, do you know what? Actually, guys, I, I'm a girl and you know, it'd be great to be treated like a girl. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it was for me. There, there was nothing, um, as I say, there was nothing traumatic or um, revelationary about it. That's just who I was. The hardest bit was actually learning to to be the boy um, who mm. I was. And that's, the, I can remember when I started school, my most vivid memory of, of my first few days at school was, um, I don't know if they still do this in junior schools, but they, they used to have story time at the end of the day <laughs> when you, you did all the sort of class stuff. But then when you were like five, you would have a... Um, a half hour or so where everyone sat down crossed legs you know with the like the Indian style with the teacher on a chair but all the kids were on the floor and um she she was and she read a story and this particular day it was she was doing the the sugar and spice rhyme you know um what a little boy's made of what a little girl's made of you know sugar and spice all that sort of thing and um she went through that and then she says right class um can um can you tell tell me you know what little girls are made of <clears throat> and can all the girls stick their hands up and i stuck my hand up but i wasn't I, it was just a natural thing to do but the teacher started laughing at me and then the whole class started laughing at me and i can even remember that when i was honestly i would be 5 mm. I just think I just didn't get what they were laughing at. It just didn't <laughs> make sense to me. So I've I've always known, um, but you know, you sort of buckle down, and because of all the prejudice and hatred and bigotry out there, you try and get on. But eventually, you've got to be yourself. So, so in a way, you were born India. Um. Well, well, yeah. I was I was born a boy, but I always knew. That's, that's really beautiful. I've not heard that, bef- like, with, with no confusion and, and, and just the resolute, mm. I am what well, I am. It's, it's it, yeah, it's, it's actually, it's, it's really common, Richard. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always a big brouhaha in the papers or, in, um, you know, on radio stations or on TV. When, you, when stories come out, there was one recently, a, a couple of weeks back, where um, a two-year-old had said, oh, I'm a girl, you know, or, or a three-year-old says it. And and what always comes back at that, the retort to that from people who do their best to rubbish trans people yeah. is, how can a child possibly know at three years old that, you know, they're a girl or a boy, you know, I used to be a dinosaur, I didn't know what I... Well, well, first of all, you know, what you had for dinner or whether you play acted at a dinosaur has actually got nothing to do with trans. It's yeah. just a, a completely separate thing. And what I say to those people 
is um, how old were you when you, and in fact, I'll ask you, just as I know you're, you're on side and everything, but I'll just ask you, and I, I don't know what your answer will be, uh, Richard. I'll ask you specifically, Richard, how old were you when you realised you were a boy? <laughs> You'll probably say you can't remember even thinking no, about it's it. Just, or, it's just there, isn't it? And because it, it's just there. Yeah, and and that's and, pushed and, in certain ways, though. That, that's the bit that... That's right. And the idea... Your story. Yeah. The idea that somebody who's two or three isn't allowed to say who they are and has to wait until they're 18. You know, you've got to do all these things. You've got to wait until you're 18, yeah. until you can decide... Why, why is it different for trans kids than mm. all other, ki other kids? Are trans kids not allowed to know who they are at three? Is that wrong? Are they, are they deep, you know? I suppose it's a massive learning curve because probably back in the distant future, um, I used to say stuff along the lines of, well, I really liked playing with girls' toys. I don't know, this is, yeah? this is maybe making it really simplified. Mm. I used to love girls' toys and it used to worry me that I liked girls' toys from as back, far back as I remember, like five, yeah. six maybe. And it, I used to keep it to myself. I wanted to play with the dolls. Um, and in, in as an adult, I used to think, oh, so would I have been, you know, in my old vocabulary, would I have been pushed to believe that I was trans? I now know and I can now look back and think, yeah, I used to play with girls' toys, but I knew that I was a boy mm. and I knew that I was a slightly different boy to a lot of the others, but not in that way. I wasn't a girl. I was a boy that wanted to play with girls' toys, which is a completely different thing. So for me, it's a learning thing. Yeah. Um, and and, and what, what I would just say there quickly, I, you know, again, a lot, a lot of people actually come up with this thing about, oh, well, yeah. I used to play with dolls mm -hmm. and I used to... And I well, was one of them. You know, yeah, and that, and that is absolutely cool and I would endorse it and I think it's terrific and what have you. I'm not one of it's them not, now. I was it's, one. it's not the same as being trans. When no. you're trans... You, you just know who you are mm -hmm. and no, no amount of nagging um, will, will change that. You know, we would, I was just talking there about my, my childhood was a normal boy childhood. I loved football. I did all the sort of climbing trees stuff and all that. So I, I just wasn't into, you know, dolls or anything like that. But that is, has got nothing to do no, no, with, 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 with trans. It's just like literally a, a toy. Mm -hmm. And it's just another one of these... Um, I know you weren't saying it in this way, but it's one, one of these um, propositions mm -hmm. that critics of trans would say, oh, well, you know, uh, just because they play with a, a doll, you know, it doesn't make them trans. Well, nobody's saying that except for you. The criteria mm -hmm. for actually when you when the doctors get involved and what have you. Um, is pers persistent and consistent. That's the phrase. That's the, the, the sort of biblical quote that covers trans mm -hmm. and um you know, you literally have to stick to it from the day you're like two or three until you're 10 or 11. You know, it's it's not like this. If you read the papers, you would literally think they're picking up babies and taking them to some factory. And for some bizarre reason, which no one's ever explained to me, um, changing people's sex. And then the final thing just on this little bit was, you know, th this idea that kids are pushed mm -hmm. into being trans why why on earth yeah why would be? you would you say do you know here's a kid here and it's like normal kid it's quite happy as it is but do you know what as a parent i'm gonna try and force this child to be the opposite sex I, I, and let me say you try that with your average 
kid and see what mm. reaction you get. It's it's just absolutely ludicrous. All the bad things that are said about trans people, they're, they're straight out of a B-movie on ITV mm. at two o'clock in the afternoon. They fall apart. Well, sensationalist headlines, they sell, I suppose, don't they? And if they yeah. can get people... It always seems if they can get someone to hate someone, they'll sell more papers or they'll yeah. get more viewers or something like that. And I don't understand this um, need to hate people for, for wanting to be something that's nothing to do with you. <laughs> do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, it, it's dreadful, Richard. I've, I've actually, I don't know if you saw my Twitter feed yesterday. Um, I had to come off social media mm. um, because it's just so bad and it's yeah. it's it's dreadful. Um, you know, trans people are the new Jews, mm-hmm. which I know people will be upset me saying that. Yeah. But the caveat I'll give is, you know, I do have Jewish blood and trans people were among those who were given pink triangles and, and marched off. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I say that trans people are the new Jews because ye- yesterday the um, Equalities and Human Rights Commission, which is a, a UK body, and as the name suggests, Equality Human Rights Commission, suggests that it's out there to look after vulnerable groups and protect human rights. Mm-hmm. They actually came out, they've, they've been stuffed with new appointments by this government at the moment. And um, they came out and said, it's fine for gender critical gender critical by the way is the polite phrase that's now used by transphobes it it's gender okay critical. yeah it's okay for um gender critical feminists to call trans women men uh, and w- we're not protecting the trans people we are going to protect the right of the gender critical feminists to do this and you can't be questioned so that's and it's, to me. it's the other the way rights. around. Yeah. It's yeah, support is being withdrawn. I look around, Richard, and where are the trans people in the world? There are none. They're disenfranchised. It will be. It, we are getting to a stage soon where employers will think twice about taking trans mm-hmm. people on. Every, everything you see in the press or on social media is that trans people are either dangerous or deluded. Yesterday, mm. I had a lot of people come on and, but again, these, these are bizarre associations. Purely, be, I wasn't even doing anything, purely because I'm trans. They started talking about Michael Jackson oh. and paedophilia and linking it to, tra- and I'm thinking, what, hold up, what, what have I got to do with Michael Jackson yeah. or paedophilia? It's just something different, but it's this, unrelenting demonization that is going on and papers like the times and the daily mail and the bbc and itv are an absolute disgrace or they don't talk to me about diversity itv and bbc please don't talk to me about diversity you have no one from my area it doesn't have to be me i'm sure there are plenty more out there but you have no one and yet you go on about oh we are what we see Mm. well i'm afraid that trans people have nothing we are completely and utterly disenfranchised that's that's really really sad to hear that because 
you know, there would have been a time when I, I not in my lifetime, thankfully, but there'd be no gay people on the TV yeah. and no one that I could identify with. Thankfully, yeah. you know, since the 80s, you know, we, we, we've had a steady stream. I know that it was maybe a little bit mm. more underground and hidden. Um, people like Dale Winton and, yeah. and Michael Barrymore that, 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 you know, presented one way, but then but then they, they, they came out. Um, yeah. because they were able to later on but they were there and we kind of knew it and they kind of it, it brought up the conversation of normality around homosexuality yeah. whereas what you're talking about is the, the normality seems to be oh but this man went into a women's changing rooms once and and that's exactly the, the narrative yeah and it's not a man who's gone into women's changing no. rooms it's a woman mm -hmm. who happened to be born trans that's that's the difference yeah. they say and the, the other thing that happened yesterday the um, equalities human rights commission again i'm astounded at this they've actually withdrawn any association with stonewall what? who we know that stonewall are, are effectively the governing body the the protective cloak around lgbt people so the the equality and human rights commission are now saying that Stonewall, they're encouraging Stonewall to withdraw their support and protection of trans people. That that was the crux. And Stonewall says, we're not going to do that. So because they wouldn't stand back and they, they were going to stand up and protect us uh, in some ways, the Equalities and Human Rights Commission have said, right, we're not supporting Stonewall. That's how bad the persecution level is and just picking up on what you said i think that this is really interesting you know about um when you have dale winton and 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 other gay performers who've who've broken into tv um or what yeah um i mean i i can remember going back to the 70s as a kid the only type of gay man you would see on tv was somebody who played up mm. to the yeah. gay very camp stereotype so they had to be yeah. extremely over the top and they were always exclusively always they were a figure of fun yeah they, they were an individual who got on a stage on the stage as as a gay guy and they, they usually told actually homophobic jokes or, or you know mm -hmm. self-deprecating jokes about themselves essentially giving viewers permission to laugh like gay men yeah and that's going now, to lead into 2021 and it's dreadful it's absolutely appalling so the only way you know this is what i mean about this industry is rotten tv and the media they they make a big thing about oh diversity and you know and all this sort of thing but it's conditional diversity you get to go on providing you play the part the caricature the stereotype that they expect how long did we have to wait until we saw gay men on tv who who were just for want of a better word and i use this and normal. i hope people take yeah in, in <laughs> normal as in as in that you would see the individual on tv and you wouldn't know what their sexuality or whatever was they were just a character or they were just a presenter or they were a, a they were a, a regular member of the human race they didn't have to have heightened um characteristics that flagged up mm -hmm. who they were how long did we have to wait for that to happen too long 
Too long. It's crazy. And it, it's a massive thing where our mental health is concerned because we fall into those categories then and we end, up, we end up putting ourselves alongside those people and following those people because we feel that we have to be in that box. And like I said, it bleeds into 2021. And I've had yeah. people say to me, I love gay people. They're so much fun. They're always a laugh. Well, Not always. No. in many shapes and sizes. <laughs> yeah. I, ag- I agree. And, and yeah, there's, there's also this view that you're touching on there that um, everybody who belongs to a certain grouping or demographic has to sing from the same hymn sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, why do we think that? Why do we think that all gay men will have the the same views or all trans people will will be of the same views? We don't think that all people with brown eyes Hmm. think the same way. So why why is that? And and this, in, in in the reverse way, if you like, I think this is a big fault of the the LGBT activism, political um, side, because you know, I, uh, as I said at the very start of this chat, which I'm enjoying a lot, um, you know, I've, I've never really put myself in any box. I'm definitely not an activist or anything like that. I'm just me and I just want a, a, a regular, normal life. I happen to be trans, but that's like, you know, a, a small part of me. Mm. But I think that LGBT, certainly over the last five years, have been their own worst enemy. They've got a lot of people's backs up. In what in what way? Because I think they've been on, on certain subjects. They're they're too aggressive. I mean, I can only talk about my own area, really. Mm. And and things you know, trans, as the name implies, transition. Yeah. Always historically has been about going from one to another, and then once that is finished that's it it's Mm. over you know as far as i'm concerned i'm not in in a transitional state at the moment i'm not going anywhere you know i'm happy as i am but five years ago it completely changed you've got people coming in you know the like the gender non-binary thing where you're neither one or the other you ebb and flow and some days you feel this and some days you feel that and that's fine i'm not disputing that at all and i think those people they definitely should not be stigmatized in any way or or singled out but my point is and this is when everyone gets angry and i don't want it to be angry all i'm saying is that that state of mind that state of being is completely and utterly different from a trans person who Mm. transitions the thought, that the idea that a trans person is happy forever and a day, living in limbo and floating about back and forth, mm. is just pure hell. It's the complete opposite. Yeah, it's taken over the, the trans narrative. And then you get into the self-ID thing where, yeah. again, and I apologise for this, I generally don't mean this offensive, but when I was growing up, you know, if you didn't transition... You know, wearing the clothes of the opposite sex, that that was like being transvestite. And again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with being a transvestite. It's completely harmless. You know, there's a lot of like rubbish being talked about transvestites over the air. Absolute garment, completely harmless. But again, being a transvestite, with the greatest respect, Mm. 
is not the same as being born trans, where you physically transition. And LGBT, for some reason, decided, oh, do you know what would be a good idea? Let's just make it really simple. Let's call all those people just trans and shove them together. So you now have like people who transition, who have a, the medical condition, gender dysphoria. You have people who say, oh, well, I, I haven't flow, and on a Monday I'm this, and on Wednesday that, which is fine. And then you have transvestites who dress up for a whole host of reasons, okay? Yeah. But I think a fair person would say that they have completely different motives or, or goals in lives. Non-binary people actively, then this is where Stonewall get themselves in a hole. Stonewall represent all of those people and Stonewall over the last few years have been telling the government, um, we don't need doctors to transition. You know, trans people don't want doctors uh, to transition. You don't need surgery to be a woman. You can do, do this. So the government listened to that. But then Stonewall also represent people like me. And people like me are on five-year waiting lists because there's, what, two gender clinics in the UK. Five years for a first appointment. So how... Two gender clinics in the whole of the UK? Yes. So really? how... how, how you, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, Richard. How, how would you feel, as somebody who's com completely removed from the conversation, you have no knowledge on this subject, and an organisation comes to you, and on the Monday they say, well, look, trans people don't need surgery, they don't want doctors... And then by Friday, that same organisation is coming to you and saying, it's a disgrace. You know, we've got trans people on a waiting list. We need more doctors. We need more... It, it's contradictory. They, I suppose you'd lose trust in that organisation. Well, they, do, it's, they come across as they don't know what they're talking about yeah. because it's, it's two complete polar opposites. So it's just, it's been a nightmare. And, and unfortunately, you know, I don't want Stonewall to end. I think they've made some terrible tactical moves over the last five years, but they are a good organisation at heart. You know, they're, they're, their heart is in the right place. <coughs> Excuse me, little cough. So I don't want to see Stonewall finish or anything, but their decisions have been appalling. And unfortunately, they, they just give open goals for these ludicrous haters, these Westboro Baptist Church types who who are just fundamentally opposed to trans people, they give them open goals because you sound credible. Again, you know, Stonewall saying that trans women should be able to compete in professional sport. Now, look, I want I I want mm. trans people accepted in mm. life. I don't want any things, but. You have to be realistic, and especially if, if, you're, if you're factoring in self-ID, where people aren't changing their body chemistry in any way. How can you possibly have somebody like that going into a women's boxing bout or playing in a yeah. women's... It's Honestly, it just makes trans look insane, and it plays right into the hands of the haters. Yeah, it's almost... To be cynical, it sounds almost designed to do that. Well, yeah, I, th I think there are a lot of people on the LGBT activism side. That, the LGB uh, movement, isn't there? Yeah, uh, but again, they're, they're vile. Yeah. Again, they're called LGB Alliance. And, and they are, they've only been formed 
because trans people are here. Their, their one mission statement is to wipe out trans people. And again, I go back to the thing about, you know, trans being the new Jews. What is the end game mm. here? You know, you have papers like The Times and The Daily Mail unrelenting. Every story, and I challenge anyone listening to this to go on Google and find a positive trans story mm -hmm. in the mainstream press, not in the LGBT press, because of course they're going to write positive. I mean in the mainstream, the, 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 the general public thing. What is the end game of this narrative where, where doors are being shut on trans people? It is the eradication of trans. That, that, there's, there's even, you might be aware of this, Richard, at the moment, um, the government are uh, have been bringing in legislation to stop conversion therapy. Now, we would all mm. applaud that. I'm sure every decent person would say that's a, that's a good thing. But this groundswell of opinion of now um, movements like LGB Alliance, etc., have stepped in and said, well, 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 hold, uh, yeah. well, well hold on a sec. We, 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 we support the, um, the ban on conversion of gay people. But trans people, do you know, I think trans people should be sent for therapy because I think if you send trans people for therapy, we could turn them gay. We could make them gay. Well, that is conversion therapy. Yeah. I'm sorry, trans, no one in their right mind would choose to be trans. It's, it's a thousand, with the greatest respect, it's a thousand times harder than being gay or lesbian, a thousand times. Before I knew what the LGB alliance was, this is why I got sucked in, because of the opposite. I was mm. thinking, oh, you know, why are trans people, why is it automatically assumed that they're lesbian or gay or bisexual? Yeah. So I kind of thought, yeah, they should have their own um, community and we should all stand alongside them. It wasn't like an anti-trans thing. And then I read what they were about and I was thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I even... Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, even, I mean, for well, me... Well, the, the whole movement, this is a coordinated movement and it's not just LGB Alliance, you know, that you, you have you know, religious groups involved, you have the press involved, which breaks my heart at the moment. And it, this is all about, in a very slow way, just as Hitler did with the, I keep going yeah. on about it, but it's the same no, sort of it. thing, where, 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 you, where you slowly, you remove support, mm. you remove protections, and you end up, the end game is the eradication of trans people. That is where we're heading. And is it's scary. It terrifies me. I can't. I can't believe it happens. When I just going back to, I would love to be able <laughs> to switch on my TV one day, and there to be, um, I don't know, a, a, a trans character who isn't there because they're trans mm -hmm. on the TV. You know, there there may be the the landlord or the landlady mm -hmm. of the Queen Vic or something, or mm. switch on the TV and see um, like a daytime show and there's a trans person there just doing a job, not because trans, trans yeah. is the subject or they're there to tick a box, but just doing a job. And unless you start doing that, and you all know this as a, as a gay guy, mm. unless you start having people integrated into society just as regular human beings, mm -hmm. nothing changes. It's no good. If, if we lived in a world where the only time you saw a gay man was when there was a gay storyline or doing yeah. something overly gay, well, that's not acceptance, is it? No. It's not. You're just, you're just reinforcing a stereotype and doing tick box equality. Mm -hmm. It's not good enough. It's tokenism.
my 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 heart's breaking now because I'm thinking this is just you. This is just you, and you're and you're persecuted for it on yeah. many levels. You know this, what we read in the papers, like I said before, are the 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 prisoners that want to go to a woman's prison just to rape. And I'm, and I and because just being a trans ally on yeah. Twitter on social yeah. media, you get it in the neck. So yeah. I feel. I mean, a couple of my friends, they get it so much. And it's it's coming all the time on all fronts. And it must be so stressful to constantly yeah. have to fight just to be who you are. It's exhausting. I honestly, I, the, the saddest thing about this, every, everyone who knows me, and I, I can say this with confidence, I'm not blowing my own trumpet. You know, all through my life, I've relied on my humour. I love humour. <laughs> like, I, I can be a bit risque sometimes mm -hmm. and and maybe say something that any, somebody else wouldn't say but i have <laughs> a good i have a that. good i have a good heart you know i i don't i can't stand bullies i don't want anyone marginalized um or anything like that i have a good heart and i always i i always used to have a laugh and humor and that was that was the big if people talked about me they would always say oh yeah you know funny and all this sort of thing but since I became known um, nationally due to the, it's just un, unrelenting misery. You know, the, the attacks and the accusations that you're child molester, paedophiles, dangerous, mm. you're deluded, you don't know what you're doing, people are laughing at you and it chips away mm. at the very fabric of, of who you are. And I know, and I... And I, I fight this all the time. It, it has definitely, it's made me more prickly. It's made me more defensive and suspicious of, yeah. of people. I, I, you know, I, I sometimes get invited to do talks at, um, at women's groups or whatever. And if I, if I get involved, I'm te I'm te I shouldn't be. But I get terrified and I wouldn't and I know I wouldn't have been, say, 10 years ago. It would have been fine because I'd have just gone in there and I'd have been cool. But the, the climate has changed mm. so much that you start to think, well, it's Twitter. Is Twitter right? You know, do all these people in this room think that trans people are child's molest, child molesters and, um, and dangerous? I don't know. It's a, it's a horrible state of mind to be in. But that's what happens yeah. when you just have one perspective on people. Exactly. And sadly, the, the, the smallest minds produce the loudest voices for some reason, especially on yeah. Twitter. And it takes ages to get these people removed <clears> or, or, you know, you get a message back saying this does not violate our standards. And you think, what? I know. What? I've Richard, I've just I've just done some. I'm going to. Uh, all right. I, I'm just going to be blunt about this. I mean, it, it, it distresses me, but I'm going to say it just to let people know who, who listen to you. Now, look, I'm just an ordinary person. I just want to li live my life. So yesterday <clears throat> I was on the end of all this abuse, as I mentioned at the start. I've, I've now come off social media for a while. And this person sent me and one of the messages was um, um, call yourself what you like, dude. Um, but when you're uh, lying on the mortuary slab, um, the doctor will know that you've had your dick removed and that you're a guy, you're a man, you'll always be a man. So I thought that, well, yeah, I, I, it, yeah it's that. dreadful. It's absolutely dreadful. Why do I have to enjoy that? So 
I thought, right, uh, you can't report everybody, but I'm reporting that one yeah. because it's just like vile. And I've just got a message back from Twitter <laughs> this morning. This tweet did not violate oh our code of thing. And so that leaves you thinking, what, at what level can you say something about trans people that is deemed unacceptable? What is, yeah, what is actually is worse? What is worse than that to say about a trans people that, that, that they would say, oh, yeah, that's unacceptable? There isn't anything. It's, that's genuinely it, it's, it's the Wild West. Yeah. And you're, you're having to, you and the community are having to put up with that. And yeah. As I say, fight, not daily, not hourly, every minute, just to it's be a, who you are. Yeah. And it's so sad. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing that changed about me once I became known, you have to become an expert in so many areas because you have to be a barrister, you have to be a politician, you have to know all, all the, the medical um, legister and all this sort of thing because you're constantly defending yourself or justifying yourself. And even we go back to, you know, when I was talking about gay men in the 70s only get one role. The only role where, really where you see certainly in my line of work on TV, is when a trans person is put in the dock on mm. TV. It's a discussion about whether trans people are dangerous or whether they're deluded or how can kids possibly know. So I, that, that isn't even anything I'm interested in. You know, I, mm. I like comedy, I like football, I like, you know, popular culture, all that sort of thing. But I find myself put in this frame. And I, how do you escape it? If that's the only reason you know that you get to work on tv is to be the trans defendant in the dock on trial it's ludicrous you again you yeah. would not put imagine if we lived in a world where the only time you saw a, a gay man on the news was defending gay men against accusations of paedophilia or mm. promiscuity the promiscuity one has come being up a dirty. lot I did used to think that whenever there was a gay man on the yeah. TV, going back maybe 10 years or whatever, yeah. it was always in a storyline where they've cheated or... Exactly. You know, it's out... A nice, happy relationship. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. I mean, that must have been uncomfortable for you, Richard. Mm, it did, it did play, play on it. You, it was like, you, come on, we're, we're normal people. Yeah, some exactly. Some of yeah. us don't cheat. Some of us are yeah. promiscuous. Some of us aren't. Yeah. We're just as, just as, and I, I used again. I'm using the word now. Normal. We're just as normal as everyone else. We just love other people. Yeah, exactly. But this is why it makes my blood boil when you know all these lovies in media land, TV land. They're, they're all backslapping each other, saying, "Oh yeah, aren't we really great at diversity?" And yeah, you know, sure. They're, they're not. They're not. It's tick boxing. Diversity in TV land at the moment is strictly stink skin color. That's that's all they're interested in. Mm. It's purely uh, like an aesthetic, cosmetic, visual thing to show the world. And this is what it's all about. They just want to show the world. It's Virtue signalling. They want to show the world. Look, look, we're diverse. We're diverse. You can't show diversity of, you know, gay or trans people simply by showing an image. Mm. Because if they've got their gob shut and they're not saying anything, 
you don't know that they're di diverse. Mm -hmm. So TV are so simplistic. They need to flag it up and ram it in your face. But it's so unfair. And I, you know, of course there should be diversity for all, you know, skin color and other things. But at the moment, it's too cozy. TV our can, trans oh well. Our suffering, obviously. Our trans community's being let down, is what yeah. I'm hearing. And that's, as I say, <clears throat> it's, it's diabolically heartbreaking. It's it's disgusting because yeah. what about that three year old that 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 knows there's something that that they're not presenting to the world and they've got no one to look at and say oh hang on that that so so I do exist yeah they've got that... no one to do that my, my partner and I were turned down for mm. fostering mm. because and I know it's not trans um, although like as you say Stonewall yeah. probably class it as trans they turned us down for fostering because there was a video online on YouTube where we were wearing wigs and heels and, and uh, it, it broke our hearts because we were like well what about because I, I said to them afterwards well heaven forbid you get a child that likes to wear heels and, and wigs and have a dance around and, and a laugh because yeah. I thought we were doing having a laugh at the beginning of lockdown trying to entertain the people yeah. sat at home and they turned us down for it there was nothing wrong do, do you know what I, I, I feel so much for you there Richard <clears throat> and I think I think you're right I think that in a way, you're saying it's nothing to do with trans. I think it, it is to do with trans mm -hmm. because it, it's part of the, this narrative that, you know, trans people are men in dresses. Mm -hmm. Men in dresses are paedophiles, are child molesters. Mm -hmm. And there, were, there, there, there was probably somebody on that panel or in someone, someone in that chain of decision-making that had had that seed, you know, planted in their head yeah. by what they read in the Times the Daily Mail, or they watch on um, TV every day. Mm. And it, ugh, it's just disgusting. Honestly, it disgusts me. Are you aware of the uh, the J.K. Rowling saga? <laughs> yeah. What? Because I've, I've, I've tried to stay out of that. I don't know. I don't know too much about it. Just that, was it, is it yeah. women-only spaces that she's talking about? Uh, yeah. She's, she, she basically, she says what I've just said there. She views trans women as men in dresses. She uses, like, obviously she's a writer, so she chooses her words very carefully, mm -hmm. but it's very obvious, and there are certain references that she makes that are, are known within the trans world, which are very hurtful, which wouldn't be picked up on um, in, in the outside world. But her general uh, view is that uh, trans people are not women, um, that you, that nobody is born trans, it is a choice, and that there shouldn't be any help for trans kids, um, that trans kids will become gay or lesbian. Honestly, guys, hand on heart, I've never had a gay or lesbian thought in my life. And do you know what? If I could choose between being straight, gay, or um, trans, trans would be the bottom one, by a mile, because it's, it's, it's just so hard. So... Her thoughts, and, and, and again, with J.K. Rowling, you know, she predicates all this on the fact that she suffered domestic abuse yeah. at the hands of a man mm. in, her in her first relationship. Now, this is a bit like me being accused of being Michael Jackson last night. Was Michael yeah. Jackson or a man abusing his wife what to do with me? It's nothing. But it's pitchforks and lanterns. And it also kind of shuts it down so nobody feels they can get involved on the other side because oh no you can't question her she's been through domestic abuse which is disgusting yeah exactly that's what that's what she tries to use and then she also comes out with this ludicrous thing 
saying, uh, oh, trans people, you know, they've cancelled me, they're shutting me down. And, and I'm saying, hold on a sec, this is a billionaire author who can cough and sneeze on the subject and it will be on the front page of every paper. She only has to click her fingers. She could be on Oprah, she could be on any programme in the world, I think. And she claims she's being cancelled when there isn't a single trans person in the media. Well, again, the loudest voices are the ones that scream that they've been cancelled. It's, it's just... <laughs> obscene um and she'll use you know she uses she'll um uh, one of her famous lines was um i have no problem with trans people sleep with whoever will have you oh well that's a bit of a backhanded compliment isn't it jk so i think that's she not, in, not understanding what trans means maybe that that's yeah really... yeah but even the implication that sleep with whoever will have yeah. you sort of implies that you're inferior and bottom of the rung. Yeah. Um, and she'll, you know, she, she made a reference about um, clownfish. Well, clownfish, again, people in the normal world will say, well, what's wrong with mentioning clownfish? Hmm. No problem whatsoever. But clownfish is, an, is, is, a, is, a, is a slur that the radical feminists, who are gender Nazis, I'm just going to be honest about it, hmm. they, they have used against trans people because clownfish change sex yeah but obviously they're called clowns mm -hmm. so this is something that is used by the real hardcore anti-trans lobby against things and guess who uses that phrase too and people say oh what well, she just she just mentioned a fish but this is like the best analogy i could give you right if if somebody left if you if me and you woke up tomorrow morning separate houses of course <laughs> uh, but if me and you woke up tomorrow morning and we opened our front door and there was a banana on our doormat, we would think, no, we're not. We'd think, what's a bloody banana doing Yeah. here? We would just dismiss it. But if me and you were black mm. in maybe an area where there was a lot of hostility to black people and maybe there was a poster opposite saying, I heart Tommy Robinson and you opened your door and there was a banana on yeah. your doormat, you'd take it differently, wouldn't you? Absolutely. So all of these things which the main... And I understand why they don't get it. Mm -hmm. Why the mainstream public say, well, what was JK said that's so bad? JK is a skilled wordsmith. She knows the vocabulary of people who do not like trans people. And this is why... And, but nobody listens to us. This is why 99% of trans people are angry with that. Yeah. If 99% of gay people said that person is a homophobe, guess what? They're probably a homophobe and the gay population are correct. If 99% of black people said that person over there is a racist, again, are you arguing with the with 99% of black people? So why is it? Well, this is the problem. There's, that there's trans no... is just dismissed. Exactly. The, the people speaking on the trans issue aren't trans that they get out there anyway on the media like you say and and the the loudest voices on social media yeah a lot of them are uh are not trans or women so they're not yeah. arguing they're not arguing from any kind of knowledge of being trans or yeah. being a woman that suffered at the hands of a man which <clears throat> is completely removed anyway yeah it's 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 a complete mess and on the other side as i said earlier on in this um chat you know lgbt haven't done themselves any favors and you get ridiculous characters i mean i did a, a famous one that's 
I think it's had a million and odd views on on YouTube when I was on with um, Piers Morgan, Good Morning Britain, and a guy called Benjamin Butterworth, um, who works for Pink News. And Benjamin isn't trans. He's um, he's a gay guy. And I'm sure his heart is in the right place um, on gay issues. But we were on debating trans uh-huh. and I was I was basically making the point that a lot of the the wounds just just be quiet LGBT you're making things worse by a lot of the policies you know that you're pushing and the things that you're saying that women have penises and all this it mm. it's just dreadful it's just dreadful the public ain't buying into it and I I sat there next to Benjamin the gay guy who then told me the complete opposite he told me what trans was he told me what trans women felt what trans women think how hard it was to be trans mm. and there's something wrong with that isn't there yeah i mean because if i was on there telling benjamin how to be a gay guy mm. <laughs> on what the priorities were for gay men it would be preposterous yeah. Yet, yet that's that's what happens. And the other TV scenario is if they discuss trans, sometimes and this is really common, they won't even invite a trans person no. to be there. They will have the presenter, they will have the the anti-trans panel, and they will debate us like lab rats mm-hmm. with not a trans person within a hundred yards of the conversation. Mm. It's, it's, it's just, and yet, those people will be believed. It's really shocking and strange. If you're an ordinary, you know, viewer at home with your TV dinner and you're you're lying there, if if that's all that's fed to you, you're not even thinking. You're just taking it as gospel. It's really sad. I feel, I honestly, I feel so helpless at the moment and it is just so, so unfair. I mean, I, in a way I'm lucky in that I've, you know, I've transitioned now and I'm, I don't have any hang-ups. I'm really happy in myself and life is great. No regrets. But I think, I mean, if if I was that six or seven-year-old now, just becoming aware of what it's like in the world for people like me, I I don't know, it would repress me even more. Exactly. I, I would want to hide. I I wouldn't want to confide in anyone. And surely that's what we, you know, again, TV, all this hypocrisy about, oh, it's good to talk and all that. They're, they're, they're doing the complete opposite with trans people. They're shutting them down. They're saying, don't talk. You're not invited. Don't come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Oh, God, it's, it's, it's horrendous. It sounds horrible. It's horrendous to hear your words. And I don't mean that in a nasty way. Mm. I don't mean it in a... Uh, really reaching out to, yeah. to you, to the trans community. If I, well, if it only was easy enough for me to say, please come forward, uh, you're not being given that voice. Yeah, no. All of that being Just said, shut out. it was lovely to hear you on uh, Ian Dale's show the other night on Cross Question. Um, oh, yeah, that You was weren't good. on there as a trans woman. Exactly, and that was nice. Yeah, and mm. I do, you know, I, I did talk radio on um, on Saturday morning with uh, my friend Kevin O'Sullivan um, for three hours and, and trans wasn't a topic, which is great. And that's yeah. that's how it should be. But those occasions are few and far between. Yeah. And, and there is only 
really me doing it. And that can't be right. Mm. I know, I'm, I just know, I'm not the only trans person in Great Britain mm -hmm. that is capable of working on the media. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. So where are they all? They need to get out there. Come forward. <laughs> well, I, I think I, I think they are. TV I think they maybe are coming forward. It's, Richard, it's a scary thing. But, but really people scary. people won't take them on because of this sinister that's narrative that's 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 woven that they're dangerous. They're a threat, and then you get the um, you know the the, the the mockery side. You know we haven't even talked about that. That trans people are still um, a figure of fun. I think that, you know what, the, the bravest people in the world are the trans people who don't look mm. like the sex they're transitioning. But it's got nothing to, again, a lot of people think that trans is all about appearance and clothes. and It's not that. It's just about who you are inside. Mm. And I have the utmost respect. If, if there's, you know, a trans woman who is maybe six foot three, built like a rugby player, mm -hmm. But that's who they are inside. It doesn't make them, you know, a paedophile or anything like this. But mm -hmm. you, th you think of the life that person leads when they get laughed at in the street yeah, or getting I on a bus. Know. It's when horrendous. You, it, I, 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 you know, when I'm driving down the street yeah. and I see a trans woman uh, that maybe fits a similar description. Yeah. I, I, I do. I, I think, oh, God... You're so brave, and the life that you that you and I hope you've got someone to talk to, and a friend or yeah. support network of some kind. Yeah. Because that's a scary place to be, trapped in your own it head is. with the all these nasty messages, and yeah, like the media messages <clears throat> that trans people are bad, trans are bad. people are dangerous. Yeah. It's, 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 and this is the why, you know, again that the, the critics come out with this all the time, and it's only a half truth. They don't explain. So the people who are really vehemently anti-trans will say oh well transitioning doesn't work look at the figures you know 40 percent of, of trans people contemplate suicide and they leave her at that implying that, that they're contemplating suicide because they're trans yeah. no that's not why they're contemplating mm. suicide they're contemplating suicide because you're laughing at them you're mm. taking the mick you're making their life harder they and it, when that happens them. day after day after day then you get deeper any person would get depressed and down in the dumps. And that's why life is so hard for trans people. It's not because they're trans, it's how they're treated. We're talking about trans people. Do you think trans men have an easier ride? Uh, they, they do, absolutely. I, I mean, again, it's, I, I find this really interesting because obviously I've lived on, on <clears throat> both sides of the fence and you have all these um, stereotypes, you know, that women are the, the gentler, caring, more sympathetic side and I think that is actually true I'm a great believer that there's, there's always like a little thread of truth you know in stereotypes mm -hmm. sure don't overblow them and make them a complete caricature but there's always like a little thread of of truth in that and I think generally speaking women are more empathetic and, and caring and what have you but and I think we all know this certain types of women are a thousand times more vicious than and nasty than men we, women women have a different type of violence with we, we, i don't know whether you would agree with this richard i think i think guys if they have a beef about something 
or a problem with an individual, they're quite blunt. They will say it and then, you know, you might have an argument and then it's done. <clears throat> it, it's, it's over. <clears throat> but with women, it, women don't have physical violence. Women have verbal violence and they're very good at it. They plant seeds there. They, for want of a better word, they shit stir. And it's, it's like a bitchy type of thing. And again, I'm not saying, please don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about a, a, a small percentage, just as there is, a, there is a percentage of men who behave despicably. There is a percentage of women who behave despicably. The idea that all women are lovely, and I'm sure my sisters in offices and shops up and down the country will concur with me on this. All women are not nice. And, but their, their viciousness um, is with language. Mm. And in a way, it's, it's worse. I would rather be beaten up than physically beaten up than endure what I go through on a day-to-day -day basis every day of my life on social media. Um, because you get beaten up and then it's over, you recover. Mm. Whereas the violence that these radical feminists perpetuate is potentially lethal again i'm not not you know exaggerating i don't think i don't think i will go there because i'm i am securing myself i get upset about comments like the one that i read out earlier on um which was which was disgusting yeah. but there were there are lots of trans people out there who don't have my certainty and security in life <clears throat> and, mm. and going through that every day I know they're only words it chips away at you and they say you know sticks and stones may break your bones but words will never hurt you that's that's not true the w words are infinitely more terrifying yeah <clears throat> yeah no I, I, I can I can attest to that um, mm. in, in in many ways um, so what about um, going back a few years? What about Celebrity Big Brother? Were you uh, were you open to use <coughs> after that, before that, during that? And um, well, well, leading up to Big Brother, it was fantastic. My dream program to do. I was really looking forward to it. And obviously, every Big Brother has a has a theme, and that year it was Year of the Woman, yeah. so it was great to be invited on that. And I didn't have any problems whatsoever. I'd never been trolled on social media. I'd never had any hassle in real life. It was tickety-boo. Everything was going great. Um, but then when I went in, um, I won't, you know, it's a boring story now because I've told it so many times, but um, Rachel Johnson, Boris Johnson's sister, yeah. and Anne Widdicombe, the MP, mm -hmm. um, just started misgendering me within half an hour or so on the year of the woman where the only entrants for the first week were women. Yeah, so this is only three years ago as well. It's incredible. So they were, they were, it was? yeah, they were, they were openly calling me he and him quite openly. Um, does that hurt being misgendered? It hurts a lot. It's the worst thing you can say. Yeah. To, it's, it's the equivalent of the N word to a black person. Yeah. I, I know my friend has been misgendered quite a few times and I never used to get it 
as I should have done. Yeah. I used to think, I think, yeah, just push I, it off, don't listen to them, but it's not exactly that. Yeah, I, and I, again, I understand why, again, I'm going to use that word, normal people mm. feel that way, because I guess most people at some point, from the back or a certain angle, they, they may have been misgendered, but it's not a big thing to them. But I think what people have to understand is that for trans people, the, the most sensitive spot, the wound that they carry through life all the time, and it never heals really, is that they were born in the, the wrong body. Mm. So by, by misgendering them, it, it is a dagger. If, if you had to think of the worst way deliberately to hurt a trans person, it would be calling them he or him. A, tra a trans woman, that is, or if it was a trans man, her or she. That is the most painful thing. And now we can't help that. We're just telling you that is what's most painful yeah. so to us. So no need to try and fix it so, and so, say, don't so, listen. No yeah, so, so why do hurt. it? You know, these people say, oh, well, it's my right to call you what I like. Well, is it your right to use the N-word or yeah. um, maybe the F-word about gay people oh, the freedom of speech argument yeah it's not so when <laughs> i went in in big brother ah, oh, honestly i was so happy i could cry thinking about it now i was so happy it was my favorite program i'd have my hair and makeup done i thought this is going to be a great experience looked after look forward to it all the time and then i have rachel johnson and Anne widdicombe misgendering me openly in company so yeah. i i thought how do i handle because it oh, never God. happened to me before and, and no I thought I don't network. Yeah, immediate friends, family. Well, you're in the house. You're alone. Yeah. So, the first day, I took Anne Widdicombe aside, and I certainly it wasn't like a shouty thing. I just said to her nice. I said, "Look, I don't know whether you were aware you said it earlier on, but you know you were calling me he and him, and um, being trans, it's really upsetting. Would it be, you know, could you not do it in future?" And she sort of nodded and uh, shuffled off yeah. without saying a little thing. But it carried on happening. So by day two, it happened at least a hundred times. And then when it happened for the hundred and first time, I just blew my top. Mm -hmm. Because what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just sit there? And like you said, it's year of the woman. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And, and just let it happen. But the weird thing is, even though that was only three years ago, um, I was cast as the bad... That, I became the baddie yeah. for actually speaking up about it. I don't think that would be the case now. But there were, there were newspaper headlines saying, why is she getting so upset about me being misgendered? You know, misgendered is nothing. You know, she's making a, a molehill. They just didn't get it. They didn't get it mm. at all. But I was the baddie yeah. for, for, for saying, hold on, that's, that's not acceptable. Yeah, I mean, if, if you'd have referred to them in, in the <clears> terms, I'm sure you would have still been the party. Well, it, 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 you couldn't win. Almost. You can't win. The, the, the simplest way to illustrate it is that you couldn't show that season of Big Brother now mm. because from the very start, the level of transphobic stuff is just dreadful. So what are your views actually on Big Brother, on is it Endemol or something, on showing those scenes, showing and maybe the way that they showed well, them? Well, I work in TV, so I'm under no illusion that obviously it, it, it makes um, good TV. I think Endemol and 
the people who worked on it didn't really get it either. Mm. They, I think they thought that I was overreacting so that just about again goes to nothing. show that there's a massive that, lack of representation. It's, yeah, it's a, ma it's, a, it's a lack of representation and a lack of understanding what trans actually is. Because, again, you know, after the first week, and I think we might get onto this subject now, and I'll try and explain it as best I can from my, my point of view. So after the first week, when you're on Big Brother, they, they have a house um, psychologist who's a lovely guy, um, also, also called Richard, funnily enough. Lovely <laughs> it's guy. Me. It's not. <laughs> and um, obviously it's, it's, and I say this to this day, I still love Big Brother, by the way. It's fantastic. Yeah. But it is the toughest reality show. Harder than living on an island or anything. Any, there is nothing compares with being locked in a room with a group of people who've been specifically selected to wind you up with no escape. Mm -hmm. It's Guantanamo Bay levels of torture. So after the, the first week, because I eventually stood up for myself, the rest of the women, which again was interesting, you had like strong women, you know, the Anne Widdicombs and the Rachel Johnsons, and you, have, you had these other women in there who were sheep, mm. who didn't want conflict. Yeah. So they, I think they sort of looked around and said, well, who's... Oh, God, I better stay safe. I don't want to get, you know, blah, blah, blah. So they shuffled off like sheep, you know, on the side of Anne Widdicombe yeah. and things. I was completely isolated in the house. I was on my own. And I think they could tell that was happening. So they have a duty of care. And on Big Brother, why they, why they never interfere with the plot or, you know, what's actually happening in the house, um, you know, what's being discussed. If somebody is under stress... They will call them to the diary room and they will have Richard, that's the psychologist, on the other end. And this isn't for broadcast. It's just them doing their duty of care. And Richard says, are you OK, Indy? You know, how are you feeling? And you have, you know, a little chat and hopefully you feel better. Yeah. It's, it's for your, your mental health. And um, and I love it. I'm, I'm friends with Richard, by the way, the psychologist the psychologist now he's a lovely guy but i remember and this is this the point we were talking about there was like the, the lack of understanding of what trans actually is by endemol so he we had a chat this day about a week or so through and he said uh, he said oh don't worry he said um things are going to change you know somebody's coming into the house and you'll have a bit of support oh, on your side i know who you're gonna say <laughs> and i thought oh great you know, a bit of trans support. This is going to be great. And it was the drag queen. Shane Janik. Yeah. Yeah. Which, what? It's completely different. Ha what? In fact, it's not even completely different. It's quite it's worse. that they said that. Yeah. It's completely different. So that stressed me out even more. But, um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, well, I'm saying hopefully people in TV are more aware. They're not because of the reasons I've said. There are no trans people. There needs to be. In fact, one thing that I've learned through this conversation is that as an ally, I need to speak up much, much more. I've spoken to people on the podcast that won't touch the trans issues, in inverted commas, um, because they're too scared of the backlash. Well, exactly. Well, this stop. is... This I is an issue that will stop yeah. with me. Well, well, listen, I, I, ag I agree with what you've just said there, but this is a part 
of the marginalization that is going on in that people are scared mm. to go near trans people now, either in a conversation or physically. Earlier this year, I don't know if you know this, and this is factually true, the BBC um, last year, um, ahead of, I know Pride was cancelled, um, but ahead of the Pride season, the BBC issued an edict to all of its staff that when they were attending Pride, not to be seen associating with trans people because it could be inferred that the organisation was supporting trans people. Bloody hell. Now just think about that for a minute. How isolating is that? You're, you're an employee of a massive organisation and you're told you don't hang around with this type of person because it looks as if you're supporting them. So that, again, plants a little seed, mm. very tiny seed in people. Stay away from trans people. It, it's crazy because I feel the need now, completely removed from the trans issue, as I see it, to say I understand male violence on women. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not advocating that, but I'm very much a trans ally and I always will be. And I shouldn't need to feel the need to say that because they're two completely different things. They're two completely And yet I'm sat here now thinking... Different things. Oh, yeah, what, 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 what will be the backlash? But yeah. I shouldn't yeah, care. The, the I thing is, Richard... not to care. Do you know what, Richard? There's, there's lots about, you know, trans campaigns and policies that I disagree with. And I have no problem with other people being critical of things to do with trans, that is fine. But what I do have a problem with is when you are actually demonizing a group of people and festering hate. Mm. I can disagree with you on something, mm. um, like let's say a gay issue. We got into oh, politics, oh, let's say you and, probably would. <laughs> and yeah, and we could we could have a chat about it. We could disagree with that. But that doesn't mean that I am then going to go on Twitter or write a newspaper article or do a TV broadcast essentially saying gay people are bad they're dangerous stay away that's 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 completely nothing to do mm. with critiquing something about that that is different level that is demonization yeah it's 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 crazy it's crazy it's very it's lonely richard it's so lonely i bet it is and so going back to the representation on tv and stuff um in the media who are your heroes did you have any um uh tra tra like trans heroes i'm not well there's never been any so that's the problem to this day there's never been any so end of that topic and it wasn't um, that long ago that little britain finished and yeah well there they, was a lot of, i can't believe I, thinking back to some of the characters again i'm a lady you know mm. with the beard and <laughs> all that sort of thing um yeah, there hasn't been any, is the simple answer. So who are your heroes in life then? Uh, well, I like, on, on the trans side, I think Caitlyn Jenner is, is okay, actually. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I had the pleasure of meeting her and having... Really? Um, wow. Yeah, I had, I had drinks with her about three years ago. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm not a I wouldn't know a Kardashian if I fell <laughs> over them, but, but Caitlyn, I've known from yeah. the jungle, and, so... And she's, I, I think me and her probably have got very similar 
perspectives mm-hmm. um uh you know on, on how things should be and i think she she actually gets a really bad rap from the lgbt side yeah. because um she's well i don't get this bit either you she's know because she's got money apparently yeah, you're not allowed to be lgbt if you're if you're to the right you've got money and you're you're um yeah yeah, yeah. You, you're kicked out which I don't understand, mm. um, but she was really nice. Um, but other than other than that, um, you know, I think my my life hero was well, probably my, my granddad, who I, I mm. call my pop. He was great. He was a real character. But in, on TV and what have you, just ordinary people. I love it. I, well, I love football, so I like Eric Cantona, mm-hmm. who's a bit of a maverick. You know, a great player. But not afraid to say outrageous things. Can I swear on this podcast or not? Yeah, I said bollocks. Before. Yeah. Well, I've just. It's actually. It's actually Eric Cantona's birthday on the day that we're recording. Uh, this is fifty fifth birthday. And I and I was looking online, and there was a clip of him giving this. Uh, he was being interviewed by journalists. It was after his famous kung fu kick, <laughs> when he launched himself into the crowd and. Uh, and attacked this individual who'd been saying nasty things about his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a couple of months on, he was giving this TV interview and he, it's just wild. He, these, he says to these reporters, he says, uh, yes, I've been banned, but I will be forgiven. The Catholics murdered 200,000 million people, but they were forgiven. So why won't I? I piss in the Pope's asshole. And I piss in your eyes. No, I would think that. Wow. It's, it's a bit strong, isn't it? But, but, isn't it great TV? You know, oh, isn't that just terrific having people like that in the world? They're just oh, wonderful. Say, what, say what's on their mind. So I, I like that, yeah. Yeah, so your wider family then. Do you, you said, did you say sisters before? Or were you talking about the general public? Uh, I was talking about the, the general public before, but I do have a sister. Yeah. And do you get on well with your family? Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, uh, me and my sister, <laughs> Katie, uh, as the old me, we fought like cat and dog. Yeah. Oh, oh, and we've we've in lots of ways we're chalk and cheese. You know the sort of clothes we like, the things we're interested in, mm. chalk and cheese. But um, when I actually decided to finally come out. To everyone i thought how am i going to do this and i said and i was thinking i can't do this unless i have a bit of support this is at the point when nobody knew yeah about me so i sat down and i thought right i'm going to make a list of people most likely to be on my side and i'm going to go in descending order because at least then i will have some people who have said we're fine you know we still love you and all that sort of stuff so top of the list um was my mum obviously and she did as i expected you know totally on side mm-hmm. and supported me but bottom of the list was my sister because mm-hmm. i thought i'm probably going to lose katie you know we've fought all our lives we see every everything we disagree on just everything and do you know what richard she has had my back <laughs> from oh, from day one the fact that you thought that that you had to think that of the people that you may lose. Oh God, that's, that's gut wrenching. 
Yeah, I'm getting upset now and I wasn't expecting to. It's really, really sad. Me yeah, too. I forget how hard it was. Oof. You've been through so much and you've yeah. fought your way through. And, and... Well, this is it. Everyone thinks that trans is all about fun and, you know, oh, it's like a choice and having a laugh and what have you. Trans is, and I'm not denigrating gay people or lesbian people because I know it's, you know, depending on your situation and where you live and what sort of family you have, it's equally, you know, a tough thing to go through. But I think when when you you're actually telling someone that you know you're you're going you're going to change, you know, physically, you know, your name is going to change, all that sort of stuff. I think it I think it's so out there that some people can't get their heads around it. And that's why, sadly, um nearly all trans people will lose some friends or family as a result crazy of doing it. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's really tough, yeah. Oh, God. I, I, I mean, I, it sounds glib to say, but I didn't expect to get upset during this conversation, but that just really mm. floored me, that, that you made a list of people, and there's people on that list that you thought you might lose. Yeah. Just for saying, I, this is me. Yeah. This, that's this, right this is this is me um i mean i suppose for those people there is a grieving process but then for you there's a grieving process um saying goodbye to maybe a big part of of their life you know your mum's little boy for, for example but she she mm-hmm. knew straight away and she was accepting straight away is just beautiful yeah well my mum was a, um you know i'm not going to sugarcoat it my my mum was upset because it was, and you've used the word grieving there, it, that's what it is, it's a death. Mm. You know, you're, you're saying that this person is either dead or is about to die and you're never going to see them again. So I think for any, any parent, even the really supportive ones, and thankfully, you know, more parents are supportive these days, um, it's a sad time because... <laughs> You know, they might have wanted... I know my mum... Again, this is what makes me so bad when... Uh, I'm not... You know, I'm sorry. It, it makes me so annoyed when I hear these people say, oh, well, you're trans because your 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 mum wanted a girl and um, she, she made you play with dolls or, you know, she wanted all this. I couldn't be farther from the truth, Richard. Honestly, my my mum loved having a son. She loved mm-hmm. the old me. That's what she wanted. She told me only she wanted... A son, and there was nothing in my childhood that was even slightly effeminate or camp or anything like. That. There was just none of it, and yet I am as I am because that's just how I'm born. Like so, so when people you. say to me, you know, that oh well, you're that way because your mum wanted a girl, it just it's the complete opposite. No, my mum used to see. People have said this about me actually because mm. my mum used to. Uh, plait my hair when we were sat in front of the TV mm. and uh, when we grew up my my two I always say my two brothers had a mum I had a friend uh, a best friend and yeah. uh, you know she's, oh, she's like still that. is she's, she's, yeah, um, lovely. she's going for a bit of a hard time at the minute we're all going mm. for a bit of a hard time um, because of health reasons and stuff but um, she's she's my best friend and she will be until the end so oh. um, so it, it, it's lovely to that's hear that's how it should be Richard yeah she, she's a 
she is amazing and she's been amazing and so accepting of, of who yeah. I am. I, I yeah. disagree with you slightly when you say that it's almost on a par of coming out because I've always, always, I think from very early on, I, th I think remembering that it must be so hard to come out as trans. Mm. Um, and I come from, from quite a working class background, you know, yeah. very bullied in school. Being gay was a, mm. so it wasn't easy, but I still think it, it, it must be so hard to come out as trans because of maybe that grieving thing because yeah. people are actually saying goodbye to this person and they can't get their head around it and because of the underrepresentation as well yeah because we're not being shown it as normal life yeah yeah well maybe i was being a bit polite saying it was the same as being gay or, or lesbian i think the hardest the hard the hardest bit for me for, at that time was i didn't want to be laughed at yeah I think trans people, and this is universal, they just want to be seen for who they are and as serious. It's, it's not a dress-up game. They're not doing it for kicks mm -hmm. or to get their jollies um, or anything. It, it's who they are. Now, I'm aware that we're, that we're chatting for ages and ages and I could go on all day. I just want to ask one question. Um, do you ever miss... Jonathan, were you born? Yes. Do you miss Jonathan? I, I, no, I don't, I don't miss him in that way. I've got zero regrets. But again, this is very emotional. And this is, I've written a book, but I can't, I, I can't put it forward at the, at the moment. But on, on my final night as Jonathan, when I was in hospital, yeah. I um, get upset here. I did say goodbye to him. Because he was a nice guy, you know, had lots of friends. And I know that they were upset and what have you. Um, so I don't miss him in that sense. I wish we had, I wish we had two bodies mm. and he could have carried on and I could have gone on. But this, this, is, this is who I am. You know, Jonathan was just, it was, it was, he was he was real he was real and it's really complex obviously as a kid you don't want to you know i know my mum wanted a son and you want to be that son or make them happy but you can't you know you've got to be your yourself so yeah he was a, again a, the other thing about trans is oh, it's okay i'm composing myself a little bit more no, you know you, you hear you <laughs> You hear, <laughs> you hear all this stuff about trans people hate, hating themselves mm. and hating their bodies and all that. Yeah. Well, again, I can only speak for myself. It wasn't like that with me. I, I never hated Jonathan. I just knew he wasn't me. Even my body, I didn't hate it to the degree that, you know, I wanted to, to mutilate. I just knew it wasn't me. And... When I went in, you know, to hospital and I had my surgery and everything, everyone, I could tell the next day, everyone was really curious, all my friends and what have you, how I felt, you know. they I think they were expecting that I would come out like a brand new person. But honestly, it was literally like going to the dentist and having a tooth out. For me, it was, it was more of a thing for them because I... I, and I think this applies to every trans person who goes through the transition process, 
They've got, they know, they've known who they are, you know, for years. Mm. So it's not a surprise, you know, nothing dramatic happens. It's just a relief that you are aligned with who you are. Mm. I want to ask you a question away from the trans issue now. Yeah. Um, what do you do? What do you do for hobbies? What do you, what's your favourite things to do? Oh, just, <laughs> I'm a slob. I love watching TV. I will watch anything on the telly. Mm. Um, you know, subtitle, oh, just every genre going. I've actually gone off reality TV a bit. What? I used to be massively, yeah. I used to be massively. Brother and Big Brother for me was, was it every year. Oh, now yeah. Now I don't watch any reality TV. Oh, no, I watch The Jungle. Well, I watched The Castle as it was last year. That's just down the road from me. I watched yeah. that last year. Oh, was it? Right. Because yeah. I think they're going to be doing Wales again this year, aren't they? Oh, are they? Oh, okay. I well, think so, because of the COVID situation. I now work right opposite that castle, so that'd be great. Oh, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'll tell you what, what is an interesting little um, tidbit, tidbit, <laughs> said that um, when I came out as Celebrity Big Brother, and mm. um, I got offered this other reality show, and it was Celebrity Naked Attraction, yeah. which never went ahead. Well, I'm talking because... to somebody that did that next week. <laughs> really? Well, it didn't go ahead in the end. They they had certain people lined up. Mm. Oh, oh, actually, I, are you talking about Lauren? Lauren, yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't a celebrity edition. It wasn't, Lauren was it? Went and I was on. really shocked when it came <laughs> up and it was Lauren. I was like, okay. That's nice. right. Yeah, that's right. I think they did get a good audience because Lauren, Lauren was on it. Yeah. Um, but no, they, this was going to be something that they were doing for Stand Up For Cancer. Yeah. I don't know if you know Channel 4 every... Yeah. So they'll take something like um, Countdown and mm. do a Stand Up For Cancer. So they were going to do Naked Attraction, Celebrity Naked Attraction. And uh, I, I, do you know what? It was so strange. I love watching... Naked attraction. It's one of my guilty pleasures. And I always wonder what sort of people would you go on it? I would love to go oh on it. Oh my god. <laughs> you, let me know. <laughs> you've got a brass neck and something else as well, if you're willing to go on that. So when I got the invite, I was initially I can remember going, Yes, this is gonna be great, this is gonna be such a laugh. But then overnight it sort of dawned on me because they'd they'd made it clear that there wasn't going to be any difference between the celebrity one, <laughs> you know, and the not. It wasn't like you could go on and the b bits and pieces would be blurred out. It would be <laughs> as normal. So I cooled on it. I chickened out the second day. I, I think they had, they had somebody from, I forget who, which one it was, because I don't watch the show. Somebody from Geordie Shaw mm. um, was, not surprisingly, all up for it. And they wanted to do it. They asked somebody, I think it was... Who's the biscuit guy from Made in Chelsea? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing that. In the oh, for what Jamie Lang, called? Is it? Jamie Lang. Yeah. That's it. I think they yeah, asked Jamie Lang. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, get your crackers out. And um, <laughs> are your ginger nuts? Your din ginger nuts. <laughs> they would be, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and I think, he, I think he'd been mulling it over and then changed well, his mind. pictures of him out there, I think. So That's right. <laughs> so that was a show that never saw the light of day unfortunately mm. but who knows they might might come back and um, and do one 
Do you know what? Uh, jokes aside, I actually think that program is brilliant for people for, for teenagers and stuff because they can see that all different body shapes and, and all different sizes yeah. are attractive to different people. And I I know that gets laughed at because my mum laughed at me when I mm. said that. And I said, no, I genuinely think it's a good thing to show people all the different types of body so they can look at themselves and go, okay, this is normal. I think I think you're right, and things like that. I, I I've got to ha- hold my hand up and say, and it's just a generational thing. I am probably more on the prudish side but but I, I do agree I think that is a good thing especially I think the less repressed mm. people are about these things mm. the better generally it's not for me personally but that's mm. just because I'm of, of a certain age and a, a certain generation but I think for people coming through if, if we're going to end up living in a world where just people are more comfortable being themselves yeah and whatever issues they've got. Because I get, I, you know, the, the, the other thing about the media is, and it still happens now, we, we, they have all these compa- campaigns like on, I was watching one this morning, they were flagging up on, on Loose Women, Shock and Surprise, doing a body positivity campaign. But even there, where, they, where they're doing a body positivity campaign, the, the final shots... Please don't tell me they have not been airbrushed. They have. You can tell. <laughs> yeah. They have. You know, they've been polished. Everyone's looking great. So you, even when you're doing a body positivity thing, you're having to tweak the pictures. It's not real and honest. We've all got bits of our bod, you know, that we don't like, whether it's like, I don't know, it could be a mole or, um, you know, a bit of flab or or a scar, something yep. like that. But we don't... We, we still don't really see truly honest pictures anymore. Look at the kerfuffle with the Kardashians. I mean, I've never watched, watched the Kardashians either. But a couple of weeks ago, was it Khloe Kardashian or Courtney Kardashian? One of the big wigs. They, they, they'd had a pool party oh, yeah, at their house. Like and one of the um, assistants, the helpers, the runners, I've just taken an innocent snap of, I think it was Khloe, uh, Kardashian by the pill and she looked great she mm. looked terrific oh my god to look like Chloe and she posted it innocently on Instagram and the world blew up her her people the Kardashian people went nuts because all of their photos even the supposedly spontaneous casual ones you know when they're buying a coffee or whatever they're all airbrushed they're all posed they're all staged wow that's just crazy yeah it's yeah nobody can live like that but as a young person that is the expectation Mm. um that that you it would be a lot it'd be so hard being young imagine being 14 or 15 well i text my niece the other day she's 13 she just turned 13 in february and i said you look beautiful today i finally got to see her after Mm. so long and um, I said, you look beautiful today. Send me a picture. And she sent me a picture all filtered and everything. I said, oh, Grace, no. you're absolutely beautiful. Please send yeah. me a picture without the filters. And it took her ages to do it. And I just thought, yeah. oh, my God, please appreciate your beauty. You're so gorgeous. Yeah. You know, just being you is beautiful. And her personality and everything. Is, and she's growing into such a lovely young woman. She's, oh, she's so gorgeous. Um, but she felt the need to put all these filters on. I know. So it's such a shame, but that's the the pressure, Richard, isn't mm-hmm. it? Of everything that's a, a, around, you see all these beautiful faces, yeah. and uh, you know, great teeth mm. as well is the other thing now. 
um, and that's the the standard. And if you don't, if you can't, if you don't feel in yourself, you're you're achieving that, then you you beat yourself up, mm. and that's horrible. It's just like self destruction. Yeah. So I, I I think still we don't do enough. You know, TV is paying lip service. Did you know subject. this conversation is absolutely fascinating, and I could I could talk to you forever. <laughs> Great, I've loved chatting too, Richard. It's been really good. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I'll bring it to an end because I know you're a busy woman. Um, but yeah, th again, thank you so much for joining. It's actually been. It, it's. I feel absolutely honoured. Actually, some of the things that you've covered, and I just think, wow, you've taught me so much, and hopefully, some of the listeners will will get from it what I got, what I've got. I, I'm completely fascinated great oh well, that's good Absolutely. thank you i'm glad you, you've been good I, i'm really pleased that i did it as well because like i say the last few days have been horrible with what's been going on on social media mm. so it's been a good place to maybe vent a little bit and just you know get oh, things out my system you've so got my details you. now so you're always welcome to vent <laughs> great <laughs> thank you again all um, right pleasure. i'll hopefully speak to you soon because that's been gorgeous lovely take care of all right see you richard bye so you see, the benefit of having a good chat, a good talk is invaluable. If you found any of the issues that we've talked about today distressing or upsetting in any way, um, then you can always get in contact on Twitter. I'm Richard Sefton 3 Or if you need to speak to somebody urgently, please call the Samaritans. There's no shame in it. 116-123. And they're literally just there waiting to take your call. There's other options as well. If you Google Mind, they have brilliant uh can put yourself down for talking therapy just don't feel that you're alone there's someone out there to listen to you if you're in a position to be there for somebody else listen to them um in the meantime thank you very much for listening and hope to see you next time on state of mind with me richard sefton <laughs>